Uh, monkeypox is really similar to smallpox. It's a an orthopox virus. So the great thing is, is that we have a lot of data, a lot of information about smallpox that we can use to um, help combat monkeypox. Welcome to the Becoming a Pharmacy Badass podcast, where we talk about how to diversify your revenue streams, increase your net income, and optimize your operations to create the pharmacy of your dreams. I hope you enjoy and subscribe. All right, all you pharmacy peeps, we have a great episode today. We are going to be talking about monkeypox and your pharmacy and what you can be doing or even what you might should be doing if this is something that you want to help tackle in your community. So I have the wonderful Miss Tara Newton from TD Pharmacy Services, uh, point of care testing queen uh, with us today to kind of give us an update because frankly, I have not been researching this or really keeping up with it. I've been busy with this little thing called the Pharmacy Profit Summit. So I feel like I've had my head buried in the sand. And so when I was having a conversation with Tara, she's like, oh no, I've talked to this person and this infectious disease. And I was like, I'm just going to have you on so you can just share your goodness with everybody. So Tara, thank you so much for taking time out of your day. Uh, by the way, I really love your shirt. I love how we're twinning totally by accident. But um, anyways, go ahead and introduce yourself to people who may not know you um, and let them know like what it is you do and what's your specialty and why you even know about this. Yeah, sure. So my name is Dr. Tara Newton, and I am a pharmacy owner out of Oklahoma City, recently relocated to Lexington, Kentucky. Um, and infectious disease is kind of kind of my sweet spot. Um, so I did a lot with COVID, rolling out the vaccine, rolling out uh, Regencove, uh, monoclonal antibodies, um, kind of you name it, I did it at Shield. So when I started hearing about monkeypox popping up on my email, CDC alerts, all these things, I was like, okay, this is the next thing. No one's ready for it. We don't want to talk about it. But it's here and uh, we, we need to talk about it. So today I looked at the case numbers. There's over 10,000 reported cases in the United States. Whoa, I had no idea it gotten that high. Yeah. So as of recording on the 11th of uh, August, uh, the big states are California, Texas, Florida, and New York. So all those states have over uh, 500 cases. So it's something that as pharmacy owners, we really need to be aware of because um, patients are going to start coming and asking like, hey, can I get the vaccine? Um, if I had the vaccine, you know, 40, 50 years ago, is it still effective? Um, so I just want to, you know, kind of pop in and educate everyone on all these things. No, so I, and I really appreciate it because... So monkeypox, you're absolutely right. So many of us are like, I'm not even over COVID yet. Like I'm still in the mix of COVID. Um, we actually had a lot of people that couldn't show up to the profit summit because they tested positive for COVID. So many people are still dealing with COVID and now you're layering on top 10,000 cases. That That is crazy. I had no idea it was that high. And the last bit that I heard, which I, I really hate this generalization, but they're like, oh, the majority of cases are in you know homosexual men. And the way that it, they say that, it sounds like, they're the only ones at risk. And that is totally not the case. Um, so kind of give us the down low on monkeypox in general. Like what are the symptoms? How is it transmitted? You know, just give us the down low on monkeypox. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, monkeypox is really similar to smallpox. It's a, an orthopox virus. So the great thing is, is that we have a lot of data, a lot of information about smallpox that we can use 
to um, help combat monkeypox, um, specifically in Africa. So in Africa, there is a high number of monkeypox cases, especially in underserved communities. So we can take that information from there and you know, use it to help prevent hopefully the next epidemic. And you're right, Lisa, it is not, you know, in the homosexual population, it is in all populations. Women who are pregnant are at risk. Um, children are at risk. Everyone can be at risk from it because it's as simple as just touching someone who has an open lesion and getting it, you know, transferred. It's as simple as uh, maybe even like the linens and clothes and things and potentially even, and this is the, the scary thing, it can potentially even be airborne, which is not something anyone wants to hear about, but that's that's the reality. So all of this, you know, hugging and talking to each other up close, I mean, there is that risk that we can spread it that way. Um, you know, if you do get monkeypox, um, you know, it, the great, not the great thing, I don't want to say that, but the, the better thing than COVID is that it can be self-limiting. So you might get, you know, a fever, definitely going to get a rash, definitely going to have, you know, bumps that are going to be oozing. Um, you know, we can find that your lymph nodes are swollen, you know, things like that. And it can last for, you know, three to four weeks. So if you do get it, you do need to isolate at home for three to four weeks, follow the same protocols we kind of did with COVID with cleaning, isolating from your family and waiting till you are free of symptoms to go out into the community. So that's kind of the, uh, the lowdown on, on monkeypox. Um, and then of course, we definitely want to talk about how, how we're going to treat it, how we're going to test for it. And then there is a vaccine because there's been smallpox vaccines for a long, long time. Um, so that, that is the good thing that there's already things in place that we can use to hopefully get this, you know, under wraps quickly. So as far as testing goes, um, in the United States, the CDC has been the main ones that have been testing. And then there's also been a few testing centers, mainly at large hospitals, people who have high complexity CLIA tests. Um, I've talked to some of my contacts at larger companies in China, and they already have a test for monkeypox. So I think it's just a matter of time before pharmacy owners are going to find that they can do those tests with with PCR. So PCR is the gold standard. It's the only way to test for monkeypox. Um, and you do have to test an oozing lesion to prevent from getting a false, you know, negative or positive. Um, so that's, that's good news that, you know, um, we learned a lot from COVID, especially in the testing world. And um, a lot of people in China were able to roll this out within two weeks, which is phenomenal. Like they're, they're ready to go. We just, we just need to catch up. <laughs> you know, the, the thought that you have to test an oozing lesion kind of at that point, I'm like, do we need the test? Like if I have oozing lesions and I have all these other symptoms, um, you know, is it, is it worth it going out and getting tested or should we just be focused on the treatment? You know, cause I'm, it's kind of like, uh, I have all the symptoms, you know, if it looks like a duck and acts like a duck and walks like a duck, like, is it a duck, you know? So how important do you think testing will be as opposed to just getting out treatment and or prevention measures? I think initially, um, because our supply of treatment is so limited that it's, it's super important because it can look like herpes. I mean, there's other things that are lesionous that it can look like, and we don't want to waste any of our precious resources treating someone who 
who does have herpes and, you know, and that's not going to be effective for them. Um, so I do feel like as long as our supplies are limited, that that, that is an important piece right now. Um, you know, once we're able to manufacture more treatments, then yeah, then it might be something we don't run out and test and then treat, but there is that potential. So the CDC is the one who makes all the guidance on this. And that is the standard protocol at this time. So when you're talking about treatment, what treatments are available for, for monkeypox? You know, I know when COVID came out, uh, there obviously wasn't treatments, but it was, you know, hey, let's take our vitamin D, our vitamin C, our zinc, like let's help our immune system fight this. Is that kind of the same story for monkeypox or what is available? Yeah. So right now there actually isn't anything that is approved for monkeypox, but there are many drugs that are approved for smallpox that we know we can use in monkeypox because it's the same orthopox virus. Um, so there is one that's very promising called T-pox um, that I, I see that being something that's rolled out to pharmacies. Um, it is oral form. Um, the safety pro, uh, profile on it is very promising. Um, and it's it's something right now that, you know, there isn't a whole lot and it's all controlled by the government, but I see it being, you know, very similar to the other, uh, you know, things that we use for COVID. So I suggest that all pharmacy owners, you know, start having these conversations with their local emergency medical um, centers, whoever you're getting your, um, you know, whoever you got your vaccines from, whoever you're getting your Paxlovid from, uh, talk to them about how you can get on the list to start getting the treatments um, available to you once they do roll out on a wider scale. So right now, yes, TPOX is the main oral medication, um, but the, you know, the government has it pretty, pretty locked down. Um, I think you said an important thing there of like, raise your hand now, like, hey, you know, um, I remember back when I owned my pharmacy in California, way, way, way back when, if you remember the the big earthquake that happened in Japan that uh, damaged their uh, nuclear uh, energy supplies, and they thought this toxic cloud was like coming towards California, like it, it was a big thing. And if you lived in California, you were fearful that this toxic cloud was going to come get you. And just me reaching out to our local county Uh, all the local authorities there saying, hey, I'm here to help. How can I help? You know, I was included in on all of their planning, planning committees, public forums, all those kinds of things. So I think it's really important for local pharmacies to just raise their hand, even if there's not a clear path forward for what that looks like now. The fact that you've raised your hand and you can actually be involved early in the process, I think is going to be better off. And so let's kind of switch over to vaccine now. So you mentioned the vaccine. Is the vaccine the smallpox vaccine, or is it just similar to smallpox and it actually is for monkeypox? Yeah, so the vaccine is actually uh, for to prevent smallpox and monkeypox. So it's a Janaeus vaccine is manufactured by Bavarian Nordic. So um, it is a vaccine that um, is a little bit better than you think about everyone who got vaccinated in like the forties and fifties, and they have that little little scar, the inoculation scar. So that's the ACAM 2000. So that one is still available as well, but this new one seems much more promising uh, than the ACAM 2000, which is actually like an active vaccine that is like growing in your skin. Not to say that we won't be doing that because everything is in flux and we never know what we're going to be doing day to day, but the Janaeus vaccine, which is spelled uh, J Y-N-N-E-O-S, seems to be the most promising. So it's very similar um, in the COVID, uh, to the COVID vaccine, the fact that you do have to take two doses and you have to wait 
four weeks in between the doses. And then two weeks after that is when you're considered vaccinated. So, um, you know, there is a little bit of time, you know, you're looking at six weeks for, from start to finish until you're considered completely, completely vaccinated. So this is a really great opportunity, you know, for pharmacy owners to go and get the vaccines and get their allocation because it is indicated for PrEP, so pre-exposure prophylaxis. So this would involve the uh, the this would involve the patient taking you know one vaccine and then waiting four weeks taking another vaccine, and then two weeks after that they would be considered inoculated against monkeypox. Um, and then the flip side to that is that uh, there is a potential that it's very effective if you take the vaccine early after an exposure. So um, within four days of being exposed, if you can get the vaccine on board, it could lessen your symptoms of monkeypox. So it's very important you know, now for pharmacy owners to be going out and getting the vaccine in their pharmacy and actually taking it themselves to prevent themselves uh, from potentially getting monkeypox. So that way they can serve their communities. Yeah, that opens up a really good point of, you know, paramedics and, um, you know, doctors and hospitalists and pharmacies in the community of, you know, getting inoculated. Because I know I'm of that age that here in the U.S. we didn't get vaccinated against smallpox at all at the point that I was born because it is, you know, was considered eradicated. And so there's a whole plethora of healthcare workers that have probably never been exposed. You know, only the people that are, you know, a decade or so older than me probably have had that that initial series at all, which I don't even know at this point, it, you know, if it's effective anymore. And so since it's been so long. And so that is something to consider, I think, and to bring up as we talked about earlier, like raising your hand of talking to your county of like, who are those priority people? Because it does take six weeks to be considered protected. Who do we need to start inoculating now so that we have those protected healthcare workers in order to take care of, of the people? Now, like you said, the, the symptoms aren't, people aren't generally getting hospitalized by monkeypox, like with COVID, where people were getting hospitalized and there was tragic consequences. This is really more of like, you're very uncomfortable um, for several weeks, you have symptoms, uh, and you need to isolate, but then you, it's self-limiting. You, you tend to get over it. And so, um, kind of besides the rash and possibly a fever, you know, is it itchy? You know, what are those kinds of like initial symptoms of the rash? I, you know, cause when you say pox, my experience goes back to chicken pox back when I had chicken pox, when I was like eight years old and there was just that inconsolable itch that came with it which then we are worried about secondary infections, but you know, what other kinds of symptoms would patients be going through? Because what I, what I'm thinking of as a community pharmacy and how I can help pharmacy owners prepare is let's, let's have that kit. Let's have those, those OTCs or RXs kind of ready to go that are going to help with those symptoms to at least have some palatory and some, you know, let's make them feel good while they're having to go through this. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, if you're not immunocompromised um, and you are like a high, high risk patient, you're not going to be getting the oral medication at this point. So it, it is all, you know, palliative care. And you're, you're talking three to four weeks being at home in isolation. So yes. Yeah, so some calamine lotion definitely would, you know, be helpful because it does itch, you know, it, it is a lot like it's, you know, not in the same Family is chickenpox, right. but it is a lot like chickenpox. So you might get, um, you know, areas of redness and itching and, you know, you scratch it at night and you make it worse and then you spread and you get secondary infections. So, yes, yeah, so that is a big concern fever. So you think, you think about 
adding Tylenol to those kits. Um, you talk about like, you know, um, maybe even, you know, like your lymph nodes being swollen, things like that. So that might, you know, cause you to not feel as well. And you have a little bit of a cough. Um, so maybe some, you know, cough drops, something just to soothe the throat. Um, and then, you know, a lot of rest. So I, I see this, you know, just like anything, you know, you want to keep your immune system working at a high level. So, you know, how do you do that? You know, vitamin C, vitamin D, make sure you're taking your B complex, the same things we kind of talked about with COVID. Um, we need to be talking about with, with monkeypox as well. And flu season's just around the corner. So, you know, make sure your immune system is working at optimal level, get rest, get exercise, um, to really help, you know, to hopefully prevent you from, you know, being infected. But yes, as far as pharmacy owners, you know, making a wonderful kit, someone could call up and say, Hey, I have monkeypox. You say, Hey, don't come into my store. We will bring you a bag of goodies to your car. Like what are your symptoms and what do you think you need for four weeks? Because you don't need to be leaving the community again. Right. Um, so those are, those are some things that I would definitely stock up on. Calamine lotion would probably be yeah. the pretty big rate limiting because it's not something we just have a bunch on our shelves. No, absolutely. I think, I think from a prescription standpoint, um, Crotan lotion, which is an amazing anti-itch, um, that really stops, it works at the nerve level to stop nerve transmission of the itch, I think would be a really great option as a prescription, as well as clemastine liquid, which is kind of a first strain, first generation, um, antihistamine. So it's going to be very, very good against the itch. Um, as well and can help you sleep at night because it does cause drowsiness. So I think that maybe even layering in some of those prescriptions, um, maybe even starting to educate doctors now, like, because, um, you know, you can't be using lidocaine all over your body. You're going to worry about, you know, getting overdoses and things like that. And people will do drastic things as we saw with COVID, they will take matters into their own hands and maybe not make the best decisions. So I think even starting to educate local doctors, like, Hey, we carry the Crotan lotion. Hey, we carry some of these, you know, clemastine or some of these other anti-itch remedies so that if they start to get patients, um, because with 10,000 cases, I, man, I'm afraid that's going to be 20 and 30 and 40, like really quickly, you're, it, it will come to your community. And um, that way you can start to be that source of information and solutions instead of just, you know, throwing your hands up and being like, you know, go deal with it kind of thing. And so I think that's a really important aspect. So Tara, thank you so much for sharing your information. Um, you know, lots of things about lots of things and point of care testing. And, and like you said, infectious disease is kind of your jam. If somebody wants to reach out to you, figure out what you're doing, um, how you're doing it and to maybe learn from you, where can they contact you or how can they find out more information? Yeah, absolutely. So they can email me at Tara at td.care or go to td.care. Um, so just www.td.care uh, and find my website. And yeah, um, my cell phone number is 580-302-1611. And anyone's more than welcome to call or text me anytime. Awesome. Well, we will keep in touch, of course. And as things change, I will make sure to get that information from you. And, you know, we'll maybe do shorter little updates as things happen, because uh, we all know how fast that the world can change on this. And it can go from, oh, let's not worry about it. And you don't need to wear masks to where, you know, we're in lockdown. For <laughs> and it can happen very quickly. So we will make sure to update all of our viewers as the information becomes available. Thank you so much, Tara. And I look forward to talking to you again and uh, staying up on this myself. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you. Bye-bye.
Bye. Thank you so much for listening. And if you found this content valuable, here are four ways I can help you have a more profitable pharmacy for free. One, join my free group at lisasrxgroup.com. Two, get the latest strategies at diversifyrx.com forward slash blog. Three, watch helpful videos at lisasyt.com. Four, hit that subscribe button and please be sure to leave us a five-star review so we can help more pharmacy owners and bring those insights back to you. Becoming a Pharmacy Badass is proud to be a part of the Pharmacy Podcast Network.